to, I'm a mom first. I have a five-year-old daughter um, and she is really, you know, like other moms would say, the light of my life. And so my why at this point in my life is really rooted in creating a better future for her. But before I became a mom, you know, I was really, really interested in thinking about what it would look like to really be um, someone who could propel change. I mean, we hear about that all the time from, um, you know, women's struggles or, you know, the struggles of um, other demographics. And, you know, we we constantly thinking about how can we push society forward? How can we push America forward? Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Women CEOs in Reflection podcast. I'm your guest host, Ilana Pruce, founder and CEO of Recast City and author of Recast Your City, How to Save Your Downtown with Small-Scale Manufacturing. I'm here alongside co-host and producer, Neil Haley. Today, I have the great pleasure of talking with Dana Hall as our guest to talk about why we do this work, what inspires us, and what about our community makes a difference. Dana is the program manager at the Emerson Collective and responsible for the Sycamore and Oak Equitable Development Project in Washington, D.C., among many other hats, I'm guessing. Dana, welcome, and so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. So let's just start. Uh, in the broad sense of tell me a little bit about yourself and your role at the Emerson Collective. Sure. Um, So again, I'm Dana Hall. I graduated from Howard University and I'm from Landover, Maryland. So I'm a homegrown uh, sort of local person. I've always worked um, in my community. I started off at the Children's Defense Fund, a, a nonprofit organization, and went on to the Aspen Institute, still doing programmatic work. And then sort of shifted gears uh, and went to a, a policy lane where my friend ran for city council and he won. So then I, uh, who knew he was going to win? He was super young um, and we all joined the team. Uh, and from there, I went to um, the Democracy Alliance where I really started doing philanthropic work and that led me to J.P. Morgan Chase. I have finally landed the plane after taking the scenic route around. Um, and I'm here at the Emerson Collective where I'm really focused on this really amazing project, Sycamore and Oak, and really thinking about equitable development in ways that communities like Congress Heights could really uh, lead the charge in terms of equitable development. That's fantastic. There is a lot of need and there's a lot to learn from great models like what you're doing at Sycamore and Oak um, to show people what equitable development really does look like. So I'm I'm thrilled about that. Tell me a little bit about your why. I mean, you're doing such interesting work. You're you're so rooted in the community, in the way that you're doing the work. Um, Why do you do what you do? Why fill this role in the community? What motivates you to do all of this? Yeah, so I um, I always sort of go back to, I'm a mom first. I have a five-year-old daughter um, and she is really, you know, like other moms would say, the light of my life. And so my why at this point in my life is really rooted in creating a better future for her. 
But before I became a mom, you know, I was really, really interested in thinking about what it would look like to really be um, someone who could propel change. I mean, we hear about that all the time from, um, you know, women's struggles or, you know, the struggles of um, other demographics. And, you know, we we constantly thinking about how can we push society forward? How can we push America forward? And so I've always been really looking for ways to really leave my mark. And I feel like I finally found that at the Emerson Collective and at Sycamore and Oak, because not only are we creating space for the Congress Heights neighborhood to, you know, have arts and culture, but we're really incubating 13 Black-owned businesses, many of which are women-owned businesses. And with the women that, you know, when I'm working with at Sycamore and Oak, I hear their stories. I know their journeys. You know, some of them are moms as well. Um, some of them have full-time jobs. And to be able to truly have an impact on individuals, I know that I'm really having an impact on my community. That's amazing. And, you know, it's so it's so important to not only say we want to create the equitable development, but really think specifically about who we want to make sure is benefiting from it. And and I think your work at Sycamore and Oak is so exemplary of being purposeful about this and purposeful about space and who gets the space, um, which is something I talk about all the time and a lot of people just never think about. And I, I love seeing it happen here in D.C., do you feel like there's a specific person or experience or even a moment that made a big difference to help you get to this point in your work? Yeah, I'll I'll just highlight two really quickly. Um my sister who is actually upstairs in the in the same house so she'll she'll hear this and she'll probably start blushing a bit. When I was younger, I wanted to be just like my sister. She um was all over the place. She was an extrovert. She was so fun. She could dance at every party. I mean, people just drew into Tia. And I remember saying to her, I want to be just like you. But I was so much more reserved. Like it just didn't come natural to me. And one day she said to me, it's the goal is not to be like me. The goal is to be better than me. And that blew my mind for years. It still blows my mind. And that's what I say to my daughter who wants to be like me, wants to dress like me, wants to act like me. You know, I tell her that you're way smarter than me. Like you're way more interesting, way more witty. Um, and you can actually be better than me if you tap in, you know, to that creativity and that ambition and confidence that I know that you have. And so hearing that as a young age um, from, you know, a young woman who was, you know, a girl that was not too much older than me really left an impact. And now, that I'm in my career, I, I also think about my previous manager at uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. Her name is Dekinty Mintz Cole, and Dekinty um, was a black woman in this, you know, white-led sort of corporation that was really unapologetic about what her intentions were. She was the first one that I ever saw walk into a room and say, "Hey, we really need to specifically think about black and brown women of color." Everything starts with women of color. If we want to change communities, that's where we start. In a room full of folks who would say, like, what? What are you talking about? Like, we we need to look at everyone. All the, you know, and she was really, really intentional about that. And it really motivated and inspired me. And I felt like if she could walk into a room and tell the truth and be herself 
and put herself out there, you know, without any fear, then it made me feel like, you know, she was literally creating space for me to do the same. So between those two, um, I mean, there's a plethora of women in my life that have really inspired me, but those were two sort of moments that were really memorable for me. That's amazing. They, those sound incredibly inspiring. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, how your community makes a difference in your success. I mean, you you are, there are very few of us in DC who are in fact local uh, mm-hmm. and grew up here, although I feel like it's happening more and more. Um, but but how, how does your community, defining a community however you want, make a difference in your success? Um, I think that my success is dependent on my community success and my community success in a lot of instances can be dependent on mine. I, I really view it as I can't have one without the other. As I mentioned before, I'm really trying to create a world in which, you know, my daughter is able to have way more confidence and freedom and creativity and thoughtful um, where she's able to just put herself out there without fear of discrimination or without fear of being redlined or green, all of these different things. And so, you know, I'm really, really motivated by this idea of, you know, creating change and legacy within that change. And so when I think about my community and when I think about individual economic sustainability and community economic sustainability, I'm really looking for the intersection in between those things. And I'm trying to stand at that intersection and, you know, figure out if it's possible to lift both up at the same time. You know, what's also important when I think about my community is planetary regeneration and the environment. And how is it that I can not only provide um, or address financial trauma and provide economic resources to individuals and keep my neighborhood from being gentrified, but also keep it safe from, Mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of um, challenges that we are having in the environment. It's all sort of mixed in together. And um, because I can't just pick one, I'm really committed to figuring out ways to address all of them simultaneously. I think that is so essential. And that economic mobility, especially making sure that people who have historically been excluded or haven't had the opportunity, um, making sure that our investments are going to those individuals is, is essential to all of those parts of the solutions. So let's talk a little bit about the, the projects that you're working on. Um, what's the latest exciting project you've been working on and, and what what is exciting about it? Um, so I've talked a bit about Sycamore and Oak and you know, what is most exciting about Sycamore and Oak is that it has been co-created with the neighborhood. The na- We went out, we worked with the community partner, the Congress Heights Community Training and Development Corporation, and they worked with us to conduct over 350 surveys to residents um, for, you know, folks that live in the Congress Heights um, neighborhood. And we would ask them, what do you want at this parking lot? And what we heard was we want fitness, we want healthy food, we want retail. And not only do we want retail, but these are the exact stores that we want. Um, my neighbor has been operating online during COVID and I'd actually like to, you know, see her get a store. That's what we heard. And so that's literally what we did. We said, okay, Dion's, everyone loves your salmon sliders. Could you join us here at Sycamore and Oak? And 
our story is really rooted in the story and the voices of our community. And that's like the strongest sense of pride that I have in Sycamore and Oak is that not only is it, you know, just these stores that have appeared, but it's really rooted in the community's vision for itself and us really helping to bring that into fruition. I love the going to the community to get their input and to not only get their input, but to, to build an idea based on what people say, you know, it's so often people go into a community and say, we're going to create this. What's your feedback on this versus what you're describing, which is saying we have an opportunity to do something. What do you think it should be? Which I think is so essential to make sure that we are reflecting the community and not only its needs, but its wants, right. That, that, that the community is valued enough to, to get to reflect its wants as well. Um, so beyond your role at Sycamore and Oak, um, what else keeps you busy and involved in your community? Uh, well, so beyond Sycamore and Oak is a lot. It's funny because when I was interviewing for Sycamore and Oak, I asked my now boss, I said, it sounds like a part-time position. I was very naive to the, how much work it would take. Um, like, just build the stores and put the people in it. Um, and now I realize, like, it takes so much to curate the space and to be intentional about it in the way, you know, that we want to. But beyond that, I sit on the board of Girls Inc. D.C., and I'm really, really thrilled about that work. We have an amazing executive director. We're working with girls across the city. We have summer camps and winter camps and weekend STEM. And there's never a dull moment with Girls Inc. DC. And it just really gives me the opportunity to pour into the next generation, as you can clearly see that I'm obsessed with. And then and, um, I also, when I, shortly after I graduated from Howard, I started a small nonprofit myself um, called Aya Inc. And we, at the time, I would say, you know, us young young professionals would mentor um, these college students. And now I, I've had to change the language on the website to just say professionals. Um, so <laughs> and <laughs> mentor college students. And then those college students actually mentor high school students at the Boys and Girls Club on Benning Road. And so we really focus on, you know, preparing them for what's next with our college students. We help them with, you know, the usual resume building and interviewing, but also, you know, what do you do if you're, you know, the only woman sort of in that room? How do you make yourself seen? How do you make sure that you have confidence? How do you, you know, fight against um, this inner voice telling you you may not be good enough? And then with those high school students is, you know, do you want to go to college and what would that look like and helping them and their families navigate sort of what post high school life um, could be for them. And for those of them that choose to go to college, they already have a mentor that's there, sort of can give them the full lay of the land. And so those are two major things that, you know, take up a lot of my time. And then I'm also an active member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And so Delta keeps me very busy. Um, we do a lot around the city. And um, I'm always, you know, on calls with my line sisters and other sororers about, you know, whether it's a charity walk or a Thanksgiving basket, um, you know, there's so much service to be done. So I have to rope in my kid because I'm only one person. <laughs> I love I love that. And I, I'm a huge fan of Girls Inc. as well. Um, and uh, that just sounds it's all about community, right? I mean, everything that you've just talked about is about community. and um, what we do to, to, to help the women that are coming up behind us, um, which is, is really my final question for you. So 
you know, you obviously already work in this world where you, you're providing advice to young women, you're, you're supporting them. Um, what, what advice would you give young women looking at this field, looking at the field you're in, aspiring to do what you do? What, what advice would you give them? Uh, so I'll end it in the same way that I started, which is don't be afraid of taking the scenic route. Don't be afraid of sort of taking uh, uncharted territory or charting a new path for yourself that you may not have originally imagined. Don't be afraid to ask, you know, tough questions of, of people that are inviting you into spaces and really don't be afraid to just be yourself, you know, and hopefully for every young woman that listens to this, you know, they're tapping into that confidence, that bravery, that creativity, um, that intentionality that really makes women and girls so special and really, you know, puts us in a whole different playing field sometimes when, you know, we come together and when, you know, we we really are empowered. That's I think that is amazing to hear. Um, well, thank you, Dana, so much for joining me today and joining me here for the Women CEOs and Reflection podcast and just sharing your your experiences I, 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 and your commitment to community, both the, the very specific local, but obviously this broader community of, of the world of, of women and, and young women and the, that we're all operating in. Um, so thank you so much for joining me here today. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.